Did you miss Canty and Carlin? just have to stop taking Dan's food takes to heart because he is truly <laughs> just he, he's just trolling yeah and no I am I'm buying in hook line and sinker every opportunity well, I get why though Carlin you I don't know, know. What it is don't buy I, into it well it, but it's don't you know be what a it is? sucker okay but it's a trigger topic for me as you can imagine but when I hear ridiculous food takes it drives me up the wall it drives me absolutely up the wall one guy I know I'm not going to hear ridiculous food takes for is the great Joe Fortenbaugh, the Daily Wager ESPN betting analyst, who, you know, listen, we do have a little bit of a issue to bring up as, 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 with Joe Canty in that, you know, a couple of weeks ago he's on with us when we're filling in for Greeny, and, you know, when am I getting a call for the real show in the afternoon, blah, 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 for the all that. We called him last week. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm unavailable. Yeah, I mean, he big-timed us. He big-timed yeah. us. That's you really good. You yeah. better deal this, Joe. What, do you, what say you? Uh, let me ask you something. Anybody you don't have a problem with today? No. <laughs> because, because all I'm hearing is a rant against Orlovsky, which I'll tell you what, you can't listen to anything the guy says regarding food. He's built like a string bean, right? Like yes. when he comes out and says something about food, don't listen to it. Now, if he says something about being tall and gangly and lanky, yeah, take it, take it to heart. Take it seriously. But you don't take the skinny guy's word for food. And as for last week, yeah, I did big time yeah. I wanted to send a message, so now we're all on the same page. <laughs> okay, just so I respect we, just that. Just so we know in the Joe Ford and Bob pecking order yeah. where we are. Okay, yeah. got it. You know got what? It. Just so we're clear. You know what? I respect that. I respect that. I respect that. All right, Joe, let's get into some games this weekend. First of all, let's start with a couple of the games that you like right off the top. I know you're high on the Raiders-Saints game. Yeah, and, and I'm going to give you three bets here. I'm obviously laying the one and a half with the Raiders. I also made two futures bets this week. One, their adjusted season win total is eight wins. So I'm betting over that they can get to at least nine wins. And I'm also wow. betting yes on the playoffs at plus 280. Okay, that's a good return on investment. $100 pays 280 in profit if they make the postseason. Record, I know the great Bill Parcell said your record, you are what your record says you are, right? But yep. there are analytics and numbers to look at because all teams aren't created equal. Let's be honest. The Giants are 6-1. and one, The Bills are 5-1. and one. Do we see those teams as exactly the same? Probably not, right? There are levels to this, as they say. When it comes to the Raiders, they're 2-4, and four, but they have a plus 13-point differential, which means through six games, they've actually outscored the opposition by 13 points. Now look at the Giants. They're 6-1. and one. They have a plus 20-point differential. So, so in terms of outscoring the opposition through six, seven games, those two teams are very close, but the records are very different because it's one play here, one play there. Now, I understand you got to close it out, but I think this tells us the Raiders are ready to go on a run. they got the Saints this weekend who are a mess on both sides of the ball. They're riding with Dalton, even though Winston's healthy. I mean, we know what happens there. The defense hasn't lived up to expectations. After this game against the Saints – uh, in no particular order, I believe they have the Jaguars, the Colts, the Broncos. They have the Patriots at home later in the season. they got a road date at Pittsburgh. They're primed to go on a run. So I like the Raiders this weekend, and I'm very bullish on them moving forward. Joe, now I need your help with this game because it's a part of our ESPN Pick'em Challenge where all of the radio shows on the network are competing against each other with Picks ATS. And, of course, this has to do with my New York football giants flying out to the left coast to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Coincidentally, the only matchup in week eight between teams with a winning record. What do you think about this game with the Seahawks laying the three points at home against Big Blue? 
opening with this, no disrespect to the Giants because I know they're very sensitive these days with how people view them. They are putting oh, you together know what's a coming. season. When you say, when you say Brian, no disrespect. Yeah, Brian Dable deserves head coach of the year. I am going to take the Seahawks. Canty, I want you to weigh in on this. The main part of this handicap, I can tell you all about Geno Smith and how well he's playing. I can tell you all about the Seahawks offense and how they've been a big surprise this year. Help me with this, though. This is the handicap. This is New York's third road game in four weeks. The first road game was in London, and then this one is in Seattle. Like, that takes a toll on the body, does it not? No question about it. And sandwiched in that was a fourth-quarter game against the Baltimore Ravens where they needed two takeaways in the final three minutes in order to win the game. Yeah, they're playing very well, but there's something to this called situational handicapping. A lot of guys always looking for the spots, right? Teams coming off a Monday night game, they have less time to prepare. You know, teams that are playing the the stuff we see on Thursday nights, looking at the situation can be very valuable, especially in college football. You can have teams that get caught looking ahead to big games next week or teams that come out flat because they lost a big game the previous week and now they've lost a chance to go to a major bowl or to win their conference. That was NC State last night. Like, NC State last night against Virginia Tech, they're a two-touchdown favorite in that game. Tech was the play because NC State's season had been crushed. So I think this is a situational play on Seattle because it's a lot to ask the Giants to overcome. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN betting analyst of the Daily Wager, with us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm up in Minnesota right now uh, getting ready for Rutgers in Minnesota tomorrow. They've got the Vikings-Cardinals here on Sunday. What do we got on that game? Like the Cardinals. At three and a half or better, like the Cardinals. Sharp Money came in earlier in the week at four, knocked it down to three and a half. I think the Vikings are a bit of a fugazi, all right? To use the Donnie Brasco term, it's a fugazi, (laughs) okay? They're sitting there with a great record. You go through it, and I understand they find ways to win these games, but the teams they're playing are finding ways to lose these games. Miami finds a way to lose. The, uh, that game against the Lions, the Lions just puking all over themselves at the end of that game. Now, give them credit. They are finding ways to win. Like I said, I, I have to pay some respect. I can't crap all over it. But we also have to take that for what it is. You know, they might not be as great as that record indicates. They've shown some vulnerabilities. Here comes Arizona. They've got 10 days to get ready off the Thursday nighter, so it negates a bit of the Minnesota bye week advantage. DeAndre Hopkins coming back has improved that offense. Cliff Kingsbury as a favorite, Cliff Kingsbury at home, you don't play him. Those are not good spots to play Cliff Kingsbury. But when he's a dog and when he's on the road, that's been profitable over the last few years. I like the three and a half with Arizona. I think that's going to be a very good football game. Joe, over the last decade, Vegas has told us that no player in the NFL moves the line like Aaron Rodgers does. He means more when it comes to the spread and handicapping than anybody else in the National Football League. But this is the first time he finds himself in his career as a double-digit underdog as Green Bay pays a visit to Western New York to take on the Buffalo Bills. The line is 11 right now. What is your read on the game? And what is your read on Rodgers' value overall as we move forward through the season as it pertains to ATS? Like, this is nuts. 11 points. It's nuts. Okay, so the first thing here, Vegas has something called the look-ahead line. It's a point spread that comes out for games like 12 weeks and 12 days in advance. Mm -hmm. So the point spreads for this week's games were available last Tuesday. That can be an important tool because you look at that number, then the games are played on Sunday, then when the point spread comes back out, you look at the new number and you compare them. And sometimes you can find some big overreactions which can create value. I believe this is one of those games. That's why I'm playing the Packers. On the look-ahead line, Green Bay was plus eight. Okay, eight. They go lose to Washington. I know it's a bad look. 
and now they're 11 and a half uh, going to Buffalo. It moves through the key number at 10. I think that's too many. Look at it like this. Here's a list, not a full list, but a list of teams who have not been 11-point underdogs this year. The Texans, the Lions, the Bears, the Jets, the Falcons, the Commanders, the Colts. All those teams were either predicted to be terrible this year or are playing terrible football right now. None of them has been an 11-point dog. Now, granted, I understand it's Buffalo at home Sunday night off two weeks, but Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are not that bad. I will take the points here. Joe, we have got two minutes left and three very important questions for you to answer. Number one, favorite props this weekend. A lot of them aren't out yet. They're starting to surface. I would say Saquon Barkley over his receptions props. Seattle is not very good at defending opposing running backs coming out of the backfield. Barkley's had three or more receptions in six of seven games this year, so he has a high ceiling. I think with the pressure on Danny Dimes, he's going to be checking down Barkley over receptions, probably over receiving yards as well. Joe, should betters continue to play the under in Ben Simmons' point total? Until it gets down to zero, yes. I mean, once they release it, it's the over-under. You know, once they put it out and the over-under's like a half, you probably have to stay away from it then. But given the way, it's not just the fact that he can't shoot. It's the fact that he's unwilling to shoot. I mean, that's what we're looking at. But at some point, it's going to get so low that everyone's just going to – they're not even going to cover him. So he's got to get to the rim at some point. So I think there's an opportunity now to stay under. But in the future, there might be an opportunity to go over. Okay, and what do you got World Series, Joe? Come on, man. You're talking to a guy from Allentown, Pennsylvania. It's the Phillies. Let me put it like this. I know people are going to say I'm a homer. That's fine. I don't care. But let me put it like this. Every, the reason the Phillies are plus 170 to win this series, which is ludicrous in my opinion, is because everyone's looking at them as some scrappy, underdog, feel-good story. That's, that's not who they are. They're a top-five payroll. They've got a stacked lineup. They've got two bona fide aces and a solid bullpen. This is not supposed to be a scrappy underdog story. We only see them like that because they have dramatically underperformed their expectations over the last three years. And now that they're finally playing well, everyone thinks it's a fun story. This is actually supposed to be a really good team. And they finally, for the first time in years, have shown it. They annihilated St. Louis. They crushed the uh, the Braves, the defending champs, and then they smacked the Padres. I mean, they are smoking people right now. Plus 170. I think it should be closer to plus 130. So I'm on the fills. All right, Joe. Enjoy it. And uh, listen, message sent. We appreciate it. Gentlemen, I, I can't wait until you and the executives get the ratings for this segment. It's going to be through the roof. You're welcome. <laughs> Everybody at ESPN, welcome. Happy to come on anytime. Canty and Carlin with Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN betting analyst, and of course, of the Daily Wager, doling out some winners for you right there. Canty and Carlin, as we said on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, we were just talking about that Packers game in Buffalo. 11 point underdogs, the Green Bay Packers. Insanity, right? Well, most of us seem to think that it's right on par. Canty gives you the path to victory for Green Bay next. Canty and Carla, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? I'm still failing to see it, and I know Joe is all over taking the points. I I can't find it, and that's why Canty's here. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And here's here's why I know we are going to be getting the straight dope from Canty right now on this Packers-Bills game. Mm. There's no way you think the Packers are winning this game. No shot. Yet, you have come up with what we would call the path to victory. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. I mean, going into every game, every coach presents a game plan to his team at the beginning of the week, and he outlines how this team is going to have to play, how his team is going to have to play in order to beat the upcoming opponent. Now, that goes through offense, that goes through defense, that goes through special teams, and there are, you know, a couple of critical things that you have to do based on your matchup, especially when you have a team talent-wise that's superior to you. So we figured why not give it a shot and go through some of the odds and ends that the Packers could probably pay attention to that could help them try to get a win in Buffalo. All right, so lay it out, big fella. Exactly how is this going to happen? Because what I see lately is the Packers 0-4 ATS over the last four weeks. Well, yeah, and you're talking about over the last three games, their offense being down 100 yards on average in comparison to the previous four games to start the season. So that's a big part of it there. And, Carlin, one of the things that we're noticing is Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He doesn't trust his protection up front. Against the Washington Commanders, he was throwing the ball, average snap to throw time of 2.35 seconds. That's an issue. They didn't convert on a third down. That's an issue. Now, you're going up against the number one defense in the National Football League in terms of points and yards, Carlin. This is a tough group to be able to get some, get to make some hay against, especially on the ground game with the run. Now, the statistics for the Bills' run defense might be a little bit gaudy or misguided because they're so often dictating the complexion of the game by lighting up the scoreboard on offense. So if you're Green Bay, what you have to do is possess the football. Because your offense can't score at the same clip that the Buffalo Bills can. But I don't think Green Bay is going to be able to do that by strictly relying on running the football with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So, Carlin, my proposal, utilizing the short passing game as an extension of the run game. That means smokes. That means RPOs. That means screens. That means jet sweeps. Using motion as well, Carlin. Utilize motion and get those guys in the second and third level for that Bills defense looking at a lot of different things. There's going to have to be some misdirection because the Bills defense is too good to line up and go straight at them. So that's what you have to do. It's smoke and mirrors. It's essentially asking the offense for the Packers to play basketball on grass, but that has to be their approach in order to control time of possession 
Because, Carlin, if we're being honest, we have no confidence that Green Bay's defense can keep Josh Allen and company in check. Nor should we. Nor should we. So, I think the approach has to be offense. We've got to control the time of possession by using the short passing game as an extension of the run game, being able to stay ahead of the sticks. That has to be the approach on offense. On special teams, they got to make a couple of plays, Carlin. A couple Mm -hmm. of plays. And when I say a couple, I mean a block punt. A surprise onside kick. A blocked field goal. You know, this has not you, been the forte of this team the last couple of years. Special no, teams. No, no, it hasn't. But they do they, – they, they, it hasn't been their deal, Carl, and it just hasn't. But this is what they're going to have to do if they're going to go on the road and get a win against the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are one of the best teams in terms of being able to stay on the field. They're the best team in third-down conversion rate, Carlin. They're the best team. They're the best team when it – well, the second-best team when it comes to scoring the football. You're going to have to find a way to be able to slow them down, and I think it's when you get stops on defense, try to turn that stop into a huge play by blocking a punt and getting your offense set up in plus territory. The more times you can do that, the better opportunity you're going to have to be able to come out of Orchard Park with a win. But if they don't do those things, if there aren't a couple of huge plays in the kicking game, if there aren't some huge plays in terms of – run-after-catch opportunities with the running backs and the receivers, then it's going to be a tough outing for Aaron Rodgers and company. See, here's what I just heard. It ain't happening. Because there are a lot of things that have to happen for it to happen. Yes. And I think when you are – when we start getting into talking about the massive special teams plays as opposed to the field position type special teams plays. When we talk about blocking a punt, like I, I'd be fascinated to know what the numbers are right now because they're, they're overwhelming that when you block a punt, you win the game. No doubt. Uh, and, but when we talk about those kind of things, as rare as they are, it, you might feel like you have a particular scheme on a good week to go get it, but I, I feel like that's where we get into asking way too much when you're trying to beat that team that is just superior to you. Yeah, you might be asking way too much, Carlin, but, I mean, that's that's what has to happen if you're going to pull off an upset when you're a double-digit dog. Those are the things that you have to go – you have to have go your way. There, there's no question about it. And so, if you're, if you're the Green Bay Packers, this is what you have to lean on. You've got to have guys that can make those types of plays in order to have success. That's is it. Is this fixable? Is this fixable for the Packers? Offensively, specifically, is it fixable? Here's what I think they need to do offensively. Get back to the Shanahan tree offense, and that's where Matt LaFleur comes from. And what that looks like, Carlin, is being able to have inside-outside zone, and then in the passing game, your quarterback selling hard play action, turning his back to the defense, to, to be able to create those voids between the second and third levels of coverage and then delivering strikes. We're seeing less and less of that in this offense because Aaron Rodgers is getting older and he doesn't want to turn his back to the defense. This is a guy that wants to see the entire field and he wants to operate out of the gun to make sure that he knows where all his guys are and most importantly, where the pressure is coming from. When you have a guy with a shaky offensive line He's, he's reticent to turn his back to the defense on that hard play-action sell because then he's got to whip it around and not only worry about where his receivers are at, but he's got to try to find the rush. And I think that's one of the things that we're seeing Aaron Rodgers do right now. More often than not, his eyes are coming off of his receivers downfield 
and onto the rush a little bit quicker. And until that changes, Carlin, this Green Bay Packers offense is going to continue to struggle. Yeah, what really has me bothered if I'm the Packers is that your entire path to victory right there, the only thing missing was a solar eclipse. Honestly, like that's everything that needs to happen for them to win the game. And that's where we have gotten to with the Green Bay Packers. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We need some insight on the Dallas Cowboys, and we need some insight on a very, very special edition of College Game Day tomorrow. We are getting all of that next. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. My friends, though, want to just remind you about our good friends from Indeed. Now, remember this about Indeed and what that they are about. They're about making your life easier. That's all it is. It's about making your life easier. You need people who get it. Indeed's all-in-one hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. The moment you post a sponsored job, you'll get instantly matched with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. And you'll only pay for the applications that meet your job's must-have requirements. Flag those that don't, and they'll be replaced for free with another candidate on Indeed. Make the hiring process work for you. Log in and get started today at Indeed.com slash credit. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? It'll be pretty cool tomorrow. Jackson State tomorrow hosting Southern. And that's where College Game Day will be. One of the great Jackson State alums who had a terrific NFL career, five-time Pro Bowler Jimmy Smith, the receiver for both the Cowboys and the Jaguars, joins Canty and Carla now on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Jimmy, we appreciate the time, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, we appreciate it. And, you know, first of all, just as somebody that has come from Jackson State, as an alum, what has it meant to have Dion as the head coach there over the last few years to really pump up the image of not only HBCUs but Jackson State in particular? I think Coach Prime has been the savior of not only Jackson State, 
but as the, the whole conference as a whole, the, the conference was suffering for many years. Back when I played on the WC Gordon, we were the prime of the swag. Guys were getting drafted every year. Every year we had a guy get drafted. I was a second rounder myself in 92. The year after I got drafted, we had two legitimate first rounders come out in Lester Holmes and, uh, and the Rashad Evans. And, uh, you know, we're, it seems like we're getting back to where we used to be. We're putting guys – we're winning games, winning this conference, and putting guys back into the NFL. Jimmy, a couple of weeks ago, there was an ugly incident between Coach Prime and Eddie Robinson, Jr., the head coach <laughs> of Alabama State University. And in the press conference, Eddie Robinson, Jr. said that Dion ain't swack. And he said that right. he was swack. Now – there is nobody right. that's more swack than you are. I mean, you were inducted into the yes, Jackson sir. State Hall of Fame. So what's your take on what Coach Robinson said and what that dynamic or what, what Dion means for HBCUs and for the swack in particular moving forward? Well, Justin, I, I played with Eddie Robinson. We came out together in the 92 draft. He went to Houston. I went to Dallas. You know, in defense to, to Eddie Robinson, I know exactly what he meant. He meant exactly uh, the fact that Dion was an ACC guy. Uh, you know, he went to Florida State. He didn't go to an HBCU, uh, just to be clear. I understood what he said. But we all know that prime time, Coach Coach Prime is flat as far as his effort, efforts, as far as what he's done. Uh, in the two years he's been there. Uh, he's done more for the conference, for Jackson State, for HBCUs than any other individual than I can ever think of. He, he's definitely historic in what he has accomplished thus far. Jimmy Smith, who is, of course, Jackson State Hall of Famer, five-time Pro Bowler, and Jackson State will host College Game Day tomorrow before they host Southern. A outstanding weekend for Jackson State. Jimmy what do people not understand about the, the level of play at HBCU colleges, at SWAC colleges, uh, that maybe now they are starting to get? Well, they get there's an opportunity for guys who slip through the cracks and don't get a chance to get recruited by the, the Power Fives. Uh, I was one of those guys who uh, – I, I was a – a pretty good high school player, but I didn't receive offers from the Alabamas and the, the Tennessees and the Georgias, you know. So I followed my my father's footsteps. My father played at Jackson State, and I thought that was the best decision for me to stay at home here only 10 minutes away from Jackson State where I can come home and eat and come home and wash clothes. But uh, what Coach Prime has done here lately He's uh, he's definitely got the program running up to par. They're playing quality football. Uh, we're, we're we're recruiting like none other, and I couldn't be more proud of uh, what Coach Prime's accomplishments have have done thus far. Talking to Pro Bowl wide receiver Jimmy Smith on Candy and Carlin, and you talked about the program at Jackson State. I want to ask you about a program in the National Football League that you're very familiar with, the Jacksonville Jaguars. It seems like they're at a pivotal point in their season and with their young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and his overall development. What have you seen from them this year, and are you encouraged or are you concerned about the state of Trevor Lawrence and the franchise? Well, 
you know, looking back at a year ago when Urban Meyer was there, it was a it was a nightmare. So, uh, you know, getting Doug Peterson in there and he's rallied the team. Uh, there was a loser mentality in that locker room when I was there last year when Urban Meyer was there. He's he's trying to get the culture back to where it was when I was playing. When I was playing from ninety, I guess we went to the play. We went to two FC championships and made four straight playoffs appearances. And uh, I think we're getting back to that. You you got to keep in mind that this is technically Trevor's first year because we can't count last year. Last year was was a mess. So it's going to take some time. The the bright part about it, though, is that they've been in every game. Yes. uh, That Uh they played this year. You know, uh, they probably, you know, I would would say another year, you know, when some leadership develops. You know, that's what they're missing right now. They're a very young team. They got some talent, but they're lacking some leadership both on both sides of the ball. Uh, they can't put any pressure on anybody, so we got to do something about that defensive line and pressure uh, the opponent's quarterback. But I like where they're going. Uh, Denver this weekend in London, uh, because we if we don't, we may lose some fan base. But I'm praying that we'll we'll be Russell Wilson and company in London this weekend. Jimmy, last one for me. What are you seeing from the Cowboys this year? Oh, same old Cowboys. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, I don't really keep up with the Cowboys anymore, but you know, as uh, you know, those Cowboys, you know, with with what's going on, they got a good, but I just don't think they have that winning mentality they mm-hmm. once had when I was there. My first two years in the league in '92 and '94, when we won two consecutive uh, Super Bowls. What do you think the biggest holdup is? Uh, it's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Their their team is loaded with talent. Uh, can't figure out why why they're not winning. I think the holdup is, and and Chris, you can you you can understand this. The Cowboys don't work hard. Mm. Uh, back when Jimmy Johnson was there, we had. I mean, we worked hard. You mm. know, and uh, you know nowadays in their training camps when they fly out to uh to, to California, they don't work hard, Chris. <laughs> you know, and it, and, it, and it shows up. It shows up during the season. Jimmy, awesome stuff. Listen, we appreciate the time and awesome moment for Jackson State tomorrow with College Game Day. Thanks again. Thanks for having me, guys. Jimmy Smith, five-time Pro Bowler for the Cowboys and for the Jaguars. I mean, Chris, listen, I, I, I get it. I, I get where he's coming from, and it's funny. Like that was the biggest knock from when Jimmy Johnson left, and I know yep. things are different now. I, I understand things are different but now. But are they, though? But are they, though? Well, and, that's but, the but, th- and that's the thing that makes it interesting, and here's yeah. the deal. Without even being in that building, I can tell you this, Carlin, as a former member of the Dallas Cowboys, I know how they get treated, not just within the facility, but in the community. There are a lot of players that get coddled when they go there, and it doesn't mm. necessarily lend itself to grind in the way that you have to, to be prepared for postseason football. Just a thought to put out there. Mm. Just a thought. Only one win in the postseason since what? The 90s? Roughly. Is that that what you're looking for? Roughly. 
yeah, not not exactly what the Cowboys have tried to set the standard at, but that's the way, that's the way it's worked out. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Great stuff there from Jimmy Smith. Up next, the World Series begins tonight. What do Canty and I do? What is our specialty? What has he really done? He's put money in your pocket. It's what he does. So maybe you want to pay attention as we try to do the same. Next, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? So, this was pretty interesting. You pointed this out. Reports out there that the Rockies are looking hard at Mets free agent outfielder Brandon Nimmo. Mm-hmm. And may go with a five-year contract around 115 to 120 million dollars. Now, if Nimmo gets bat, goodbye. He will be he will be long gone. He is from Wyoming, which is obviously much closer to Colorado. Mm-hmm. But the bigger question then becomes who's going to play outfield for the Mets? Will it be Aaron Judge? Canty, the doors are opening everywhere. Yeah, this it sounds like it. And this is also off the heels of John Heyman in the New York Post reporting that the Yankees have an uneasy feeling when it comes to judges' free agency. So I think there might be some bad blood between the Yankees and Judge based on how the negotiations before the season went when they lowballed him, offering him around $30 million on average annual value with an extension. And for a guy that had a historic season, this is an opportunity for him to cash in even though he's on the wrong side of 30. Carlin, there's going to be a team that's going to give him an eight- or nine-year deal. His average annual value is going to be in the high 40s, if not $50 million. That's the reality of it. There are teams out there that are poised to pay that much. We talked about the San Francisco Giants payroll next year. It's nothing. The Chicago Cubs payroll, it's nothing. The Mets have a huge payroll, but you got an owner that doesn't care. He's a hedge fund guy. He's worth more than any other owner in the sport. So if he wants to get Aaron Judge as the shiny new piece to patrol the outfield and city field and, oh, by the way, have a chance to stick it to the crosstown rival in the Yankees in the process, I think there's a chance that that legitimately could be what takes place once we get to hot stove season. Now, remember that the Yankees not only did all of that, but made sure to release basically every detail of those negotiations, which Judge certainly did not appreciate. Uh, So that was a little bit embarrassing, and that would annoy him too. Canty, I think the Yankees very much have a number, and they're not going past it. Yeah, and that means that Aaron Judge is not going to be a Yankee. Exactly. So goodbye. And there's going to be even more criticism coming from the Yankees fans, me in particular, about how ridiculous this approach that Brian Cashman has made has has turned out because he did an unnecessary move in 2018 and trading for Giancarlo Stanton, and now that's going to cost you Aaron Judge, the best power hitter in the game. And, Carlin, it would make me sick to my stomach 
if I saw him out in City Field. It really, really would. I hope it doesn't happen, but there's a chance, and that's too close. We're not afraid to tell you when we got something right. Wow, you were right. Or wrong. That was terrible. It's time to give props. That's right, it is. Kenty and Carlin giving props. Baseball edition. Not just when we're right and wrong, but also how you can win money. In case you didn't know, the World Series begins tonight in Houston. Aaron Nola, Justin Verlander. Here to host, given props, is the great Devin Kane, who produces the show today. Devin, welcome. Thank you for welcoming me into the show, boys. Here we go. You ready? Yes. All right. First up, pitcher to win World Series. A pitcher is going to win the World Series MVP. Yes is plus 300, and no is minus 360. Carlin, what do you think? I go yes. I go yes. And I expect it to be Justin Verlander. How about that? I will go with Justin Verlander to win the World Series MVP because I do believe that this is a series that will not go longer than five games, and I could see Verlander winning two of them, including tonight. Canty? I'm going to say no. It's going to be Alex Bregman, the third baseman that has more home runs in the postseason than any third baseman in baseball history. So I'm going no at minus 360. Okay, that is what we call the gutless pick, the easy pick. Well done. Well done on your part. Next up. It's not gutless if it's right. Oh, wow. Easy. We'll find out. Will a team be shut out? Canty, yes is plus 110 and no is minus 110. What what say you? I'm going to say yes. Somebody's going to get a shut out. Somebody's going to get shut out, and I think it's more likely to be the Phillies lineup than the Astros lineup. It's certainly more likely to be the Phillies lineup, but I say no. I I don't think the Phillies will get shut out in this series. I think they will, you know, somebody might score one run in a game, but I say no shutout. All right, next up, total number of World Series home runs. The over-under is 11.5. Carlin, what do you think? Ooh, total number of World Series home runs, 11.5. Hmm. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. Why not? Why not? I want to see a little action in the World Series. And I would also look at the Astros and understand that they're they're just offensively, they're such a good team. I'll go over with the home runs. Yeah, I'm going to go over, too. I like it. I mean, if you go over, if this is going to be a five- or six-game series, you're talking about two, two-and-a-half home runs a game, I'm going to go over. All right, Canty, next up, highest pitch count for an individual game, over under 99-and-a-half pitches. Yes. Oh, no? I'm I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over. I think Nola or Wheeler have one of those kinds of games where they're gonna get extended. They're just gonna have to because I believe the Astros have the better of the two bullpens. So I think that they're gonna ride starting pitching for as long as they possibly can, and one of those pitch counts is gonna get in the triple digits. Yeah, and if Verlander's de- uh, dealing, I-, I think he'll get a chance to go over a hundred. I also will go over ninety nine and a half. All right, let's get one more in here. Most home runs in a wor- in the World Series. Bryce Harper, minus 150. Jordan Alvarez, plus 130. Carlin, what do you say? Oh, give me Alvarez. I'll take Alvarez here at plus 130, Canty. I mean, that that's good value to me. Yeah, I take Alvarez, too, and I have a feeling that it's going to start tonight against Nola. We know how great his off-speed stuff is, especially his curveball. Only problem for him is the Astros crush spin. Yeah. So good luck with that. Yeah. 
They're not going to lend him any of their spider tech. Yeah. But I, to I answer the that. question, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes. There is a starting pitcher that goes over 10Ks. I tell you what, game. there are some very, very good props there, can't you, that we have to look hard at and see if we want to get in on. Yeah, I, I like this one with the starting pitcher having 10Ks in one game. Framber Valdez, mm. I think he could be the guy to get it done for the Astros. Oh, I definitely think that could happen. Absolutely. No question in my mind that could happen. I also like the over 99 and a half pitchings for a pitcher. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.